This is Dr. Mubeen Sayed with one more episode of Long Story Short with Dr. Bean from the FLCCC platform. Welcome. So the discussion today is very interesting. This was a curiosity for myself as well. The curiosity is, what is the current status of long COVID after the infections, let's say Omicron variants, or with the acute infection, or compared to before Omicron, what is the current state? Number one, then... Is it more in women than men? Is it more in youngsters than older individuals, which I am part of the older individuals as well, so no offense to anyone. So I wanted to have this knowledge, and there is a study that puts this in perspective. And not only that, the most important takeaway for me was the most common symptoms that persist six months after if a patient still has long COVID and number two, the percentage of patients that recover. So I'll spill the beans. 68% of the patients after six months at their follow-up continue to have long COVID. And the rest is what we will discuss. So let's start our discussion. So this is flccc.net or covid19criticalcare.com. And you have tons of treatment protocols, medical evidence, COVID resources, educational events, educational videos, including these videos that I record as long story short. So this all is present here. This is the study, development of a definition of post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2 infection. And there are a couple of tables here. All of these links are present in the description of this video. Let's start with our presentation. So the question that researchers asked was, what symptoms are differentially present in SARS-CoV-2 infected individuals six months or more after infection compared with uninfected individuals and what symptoms-based criteria can be used to identify post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2 infection or PASC cases for us long COVID. So not only they wanted to understand what symptoms are present, they were trying to figure out what should be the definition. So if you write a book today and say, here is what long COVID looks like, what will be the definition? What symptom sets you're going to say that this is long COVID and here that symptom sets, these are the most common ones, happen more in men or women, happens more in, you know, this age or not. And so that was the question in their mind, defining what is long COVID and symptoms. So they said long COVID and defined it as ongoing, relapsing or new, relapsing or new symptoms or conditions present 30 or more days after the infection. So relapsing or new then short and long-term effects of long COVID have substantial impacts on health-related quality of life, earnings, and healthcare costs. So patient characteristics. This was a prospective longitudinal cohort study. Adult participants were enrolled prior to April 10, 2023. So pretty recent. 9,764 participants were included. 8,646 were infected either with Omicron or after Omicron or before Omicron, after Omicron meaning post-COVID or long COVID, and then pre-Omicron. 71% were females, 16% Hispanic and Latinos, 15% non-Hispanic Blacks, 58% fully vaccinated, and median age was 47 years, and the range IQR was 35 to 60. The primary outcome they were looking for was the presence of each of the 44 symptoms. So they had a set of 44 symptoms and they wanted to understand what is the presence and the frequency of these symptoms. So what they did was they divided these patients 
about 10,000 patients in three groups, three cohorts. Group number one is 2,231 infected, 388 uninfected, and they called it acute Omicron, and that was December 1, 2021 and onwards. Remember the Omicron scare for a wave of a new variant started somewhere in November and December in here, November, South Africa, and so on. So December 1, 2021 and onwards, they actually had two groups. The same group to see if acute COVID infection patients continued to have then long COVID without any break between the acute to long COVID. The other cohort that they had, which they called post-acute Omicron, is the cohort where the patients were infected, then they recovered, and then they developed symptoms of long COVID after a break. Then the post-acute but pre-Omicron. This is a time that whatever were the variants, for example, alphas, deltas, before Omicron, but they developed long COVID after becoming infected. So these were the cohorts or the groups. What is interesting is, I want to spill the beans right now because I think this is a very important part, and that is patients who were before Omicron, that is the post-infection but pre-Omicron, 35% developed long COVID. Omicron acute infection, the cohort where one develops the infection and then just converts that infection into long COVID and just continues with the long COVID, unfortunately, that were 10%. But those that had Omicron infection or its variants then stopped, had a break, and then the long COVID developed again, these were 17%. So previous variants were more prone, which tells me that as these variants keep changing, the newer variants are going to have less and less possibility of long COVID. So this may be in your mind as well. What are the most common symptoms? So among participants with PASC, long COVID, the most common symptoms were or are post-exertional malaise, 87%. And one more thing that I might forget to say, so let me just mention that here. Those who had repeated infections had a higher percentage of developing long COVID. So every exposure created an increased risk, which is understandable. So post-exertional malaise, 87%. Fatigue, 85%. Brain fog, 64%. Dizziness, 62%. GIT symptoms, 59%. And palpitations, 57%. More than half of the patients or the symptoms were these. And I think the, if you think about it, I have experienced post-exertional malaise during acute COVIDs. That there were times that when I had COVID and I would not even be able to get up from my bed and I thought that, is this going to be the life now? That I can't even get up without getting tired. So quite psychologically disturbing symptoms here. Brain fog is similarly very disturbing when you're trying to say two plus two is what, and you can't figure it out. Or I'm going to plan for this event and you can't figure it out. Or what is the price for this item and you can't process it. These are quite disturbing symptoms. Similarly, palpitations. Patients become very concerned, and rightfully so, that they have developed palpitations. They think, am I going to get a heart attack any times? Is my heart is going to be okay? Is there a problem with my heart? And so on. So scary symptoms, but these are the most common. Now, what they did was, they did some more analysis. Of course, there are many subsets that they had done. I have picked some of those. Acute infection. 39% among hospitalized developed long COVID. 
So 39%, 40%-ish patients who are hospitalized then go on to developing long COVID compared to 22% of the outpatient or non-hospitalized patients of COVID, uh, SARS-CoV-2, developing long COVID. 19% in males or 19% of males and 25% females. So females have a little higher. And it makes sense as well because the females immune system is usually more active. Their hormonal compositions are different as well. And females are a little more prone towards immune-related diseases. Then youngsters, so this was a surprise for me because in previous studies I had read that youngsters actually developed more long COVID compared to older age. But here if you see 20% in 18 to 45 and 28% 46 to 65. So more in higher ages. So then in subgroups with repeated visits at six and nine months after the index date, whenever they were the first event infection, long COVID positivity varied over study visit, though 68% of the long COVID patients' participants remained positive at the subsequent visits. There is a good and a bad news here. The bad news is it sticks with the patient for a longer period of time. The good news is that patients actually start recovering as well. So it is not like MECFS that whoever got it has got it forever. Although MECFS-like criteria was actually fulfilled with these symptoms as well, and that is written in the study. Now, symptom frequency. So they have a table of 37 most common symptoms that they had seen, and I'm going to go over them, but let me just give you a summary first. So this symptom frequency in my previous slide where I showed you that post-exertional malaise was present in a lot of people, so here 87%. What is the difference of that with this one, 28% versus 7%? They had a symptom frequency count and they calculated those symptoms that were 2.5% or greater in the frequency and they had a formula for the frequency. And the adjusted odds ratio were 1.5 or greater. So these are just those. And what were their ratios, 28% versus 7%, the population, which had this criteria of 1.5 or greater AORs, 28% versus 7%, post-exertional malaise. Look at the adjusted odds ratio, 5.2 times. That's very high. Fatigue, 38% versus 17%. This is infected versus uninfected. And the adjusted odds ratio, 2.9 times, and dizziness, brain fog, and GIT symptoms similarly. Let's actually look at this table as well. So these are the symptom frequency full cohort without severity scores. So if you see here, for example, general fatigue, 2.73, 47%, uninfected, 23%, and here is the number. So in here, what is interesting is these numbers here. 5.15 time, that is adjusted odds ratio. 8.09 chest pain, 8.09. Although the numbers were lower, and that is why they are not severity adjusted as well, they are just 8.09 times. So this is an interesting table to look at. Check this out. Palpitations, hair loss, skin color change, skin pain, skin rashes, vision problems, hearing problem, abdominal pain, dry mouth, GIT, teeth issues, thirst, back pain, foot pain, joint pain, muscle pain, weakness. I'm speaking it out for anyone who is just listening to it and not looking at the table. Abnormal movements, brain fog, dizziness, headaches, smell, taste issues, tremors, sexual desire or capacity loss, sleep disturbance, chronic cough, 
shortness of breath, sleep apnea, throat pain, bladder issues, and so on. These are all part of this. So going back here, these were the symptom frequencies. Then post-acute pre-Micron had the highest symptom frequencies. So this is before Omicron, long COVID patients had the highest symptom frequencies. And then symptom scores and frequencies. So what were the symptoms that had the highest scores and frequencies overall? Post-exertional malaise, fatigue, brain fog, dizziness, GIT symptoms, palpitations, changes in sexual desire or capacity, loss of change in smell or taste and thirst, chronic cough, chest pain, abnormal movements, abnormal movements, neurological symptoms. So this is the discussion. This is the latest. My takeaway, women more than men, youngers lesser than older individuals. Recovery continues to happen as the time passes, but very slowly. And 68% of the patients, even at the follow-up, have it. And the symptom frequencies, post-exertional malaise, the most common one, then fatigue, then dizziness, brain fog, palpitations, and GIT symptoms. So this is the study. There is one good news in here, and that is that with Omicron, these symptom frequencies and development of long COVID is reducing. So thank you very much, and I would see you next time. Bye for now.